Welcome back, folks, to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. This is your host, Stu Jenkins. We are talking to Congressman Salud Carbajal, who represents all of the people in the 24th Congressional District right here on the Central Coast. Um, Congressman, I I, uh, think we were having a good discussion about the uh, Armed Services Authorization and Budget uh, that got passed out of the House and uh, with a poison pill in it and now has been passed without conditions on it in the Senate. Uh, can you tell our listeners what happens when the two different houses in Congress have slightly different bills and how that works? Two representatives in the Senate uh, and the two representatives uh, in, the, in the House, meaning the two leaders uh, of the House Armed Services Committee and the Senate Armed Services Committee come together in a conference of four, uh, and they hash out all the issues to get us to a point where we can get to a bipartisan agreement. Uh, And it is a, a, a process by which they and a number of conferees that are also appointed by the House Armed Services and the U.S. Senate uh, come together and work out those differences. I have been a conferee in the past for the House Armed Services Committee for a number of years uh, and uh, have contributed towards that process is it, to it, show up. Is it possible you'll be a conferee this time? Uh, I am uh, usually given an opportunity to be a conferee. I could also pass. I'm being a conferee, so others could also have an opportunity. So uh, as soon as I hear, uh, it's very likely I will be offered a conferee position. And there's a number of people that have asked me if they could uh, serve on my behalf. And uh, some of them are new to Congress. So I'm, I'm giving consideration to all my options. You're thinking about training the next generation sounds like. I'm always looking at how to be a team player and help Mm -hmm. others uh, Mm -hmm. who don't have as much experience learn the process. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, well, the one thing I'm, I guess our listeners would want to know is once the conference committee has come up with the compromises, is that it? Is that when it passes to the president's desk or does it go back to both houses to be voted on one more time? Uh, it would basically, uh, once it gets conference, because the, uh, the Senate and the House are going to work together, it should come back to each uh, floor, uh, the Senate and the House, and then it would go, uh, it would be pro forma coming back, and then it would go to the President. Okay. All right. Well, the other really important committee, particularly for our district that you're on is the Agriculture Committee. and Isn't this the year the Farm Bill comes back up? Yes, the Farm Bill expires on September 30th, and so we're up for the five-year reauthorization. And um, we're working through that. Uh, One of my good friends across the aisle, uh, somebody I have respect for, even though we disagree on a number of policies, his name is G.T. Thompson, and uh, I look forward to working with him and others to find common ground. I think we will be able to do do that at the end of the day, but due to the uh, machinations of the leadership and the House, uh, we haven't been able to get to publishing our farm bill. I think that's in the works right now. It is, we're all hopeful that they can do that. 
the the party in charge, the leadership, can put forward a proposal or a, a, a bill this year so that we could discuss it, debate it, uh, and hopefully adopt something that we can all live with. That is something that now is in limbo, and I'm hearing talks that we might have to do an extension and delay the actual uh, adoption of the farm bill for a few months. You only have a month and a half to get it done. <laughs> That's why an extension might be the more likely uh, option. Now, what happens with an extension? Do you, do the, does the Congress simply extend the current budgeting for, yes. for that? Yes. Basically, it basically does status quo extension for the time being. Okay. It's sort of like a continuing resolution. I, I see. And so that would be voted on by both houses of Congress, and then eventually you could hopefully come to an agreement. Uh, yes. I, I hope it wouldn't be like the budget process where it's it's been bumping along for years now without <laughs> without getting to a uh, actual budget. Um, yeah, I, me too. I hope so too. <laughs> well, it, it, right, right before my program, there is another program that airs on KNews, and one of the... Uh, Continuing themes is right to repair legislation for farmers who, you know, they buy big tractors, they buy uh, reapers and other big equipment. And apparently uh, a lot of the manufacturers have it set up so they will not provide the farmer with even a manual on how to repair it so that the equipment has to be worked on by the manufacturer's own technicians. Um, And so there's... I, I guess right to repair legislation has been adopted in Colorado. Uh, I understand Senator Tester is um, supporting that. He's he's the only farmer in the Senate. Uh, but um, and I before you came on, I looked to see if there was anything pending in Congress or the Ag Committee. Um, the only thing I found was a uh, it was in a different committee. It was a right to repair your your automobile bill uh, yeah. from a Republican um, congressman from Florida. I, is the right to repair being discussed at all in the Ag Committee? Uh, not that I am aware of, but I know that uh, I was supportive of previous uh, legislation that was moved forward uh, to be able to give uh, the right to repair for car mechanics in the past. Uh-huh. And but and I uh, look forward to engaging in such a discussion for farm bill uh, for farm uh, uh, tractors and, and equipment. I think it's worth a discussion, and I'm, I'll keep an open mind to be able to support uh, such legislation. But I have supported similar efforts, uh, not specifically focused for farm technology, but. Uh, that will focus on, on, on the broader issue as well. So uh, do you think that might come up in the next session? Um, I, I think there's a good chance, uh, and, and I think it might lend itself to some opportunities. Uh, you know, our farmers' uh, livelihoods as farmers shouldn't depend solely on big corporations to guide everything that they do. I think if we can... Uh, provide uh, local folks an opportunity to have repairs done and the manuals uh, to be able to get things done locally and maybe even more inexpensively because it would provide more competition. I think we need to give this some consideration. 
Well, there you go. Well, thank you, Congressman. Um, what, if I can cycle back or circle back to the infrastructure bill, um, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, uh, there was a an awful lot of money that's going to some wonderful things uh, that was intended, but I, I noticed an article in the Washington Post concerning uh, misdirection of some of that money that states had been siphoning off to, well, it, it said that states had siphoned off $750 million of those funds to other things it wasn't intended for. Some of it here in California. Had, had you had a chance to... Uh, I mean, do you have a reaction to that? Absolutely. I think, uh, I wish it was more black and white, but I think it's, it's both good and bad. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Sure. Good because the law and legislation provided some flexibility to states to be able to spend the money in the realm of what the legislation is trying to accomplish. Uh, the good thing is California, I think, focused some redirected 97 million of all the resources towards safety projects, which, as you can imagine, safety and, the, and public health are always number one. So if we could increase the safety for our traveling public, uh, our consumers, our residents of California, it's always a win, even if it's slightly changed from the initial purpose. Now, in some states, they used it for something that was totally off the charts and not appropriate as California did. And so that reminds us that on one hand, we're trying to provide states flexibility to better govern, to better be more efficient, more effective in implementing in, uh, in their projects and the resources that the federal government gives them. But on the other hand, some are stretching uh, the limits and investing in some projects that have nothing uh, more so related to the bipartisan infrastructure law. And, you know, that's the case with almost all legislation that we pass in Congress. How to continue to provide flexibility of states without states going overboard and abusing that flexibility. Congressman, we're coming up on a hard break. Uh, we'll uh, have to continue this discussion after the break. Folks, you're listening to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. We're speaking with Congressman Salud Carbajal. Stay tuned. 